Welcome to Politics and Right. I'm Egberto Willis, your host here at KPFT 90.1 FM Houston. Today I'm honored to have in the studio with me my one and only daughter, Ashley. How are you doing today, Good Ashley? Good afternoon. I'm doing well. How are you? I am doing fine. You've been skipping out on your dad for the last, <laughs> I don't know, studying. like three months or not three weeks or so. But anyway, glad to have you back in here with the studio. Glad folks, to we, be here. You know, I'm glad to be with you, baby. All right. Let me tell you, folks, that we have in the house today... The one and only, the permanent intern, intern on the boards. His name is Stuart. Stuart, how are you doing today, my brother? I'm doing well, Egberto. How are you? Happy I'm, Friday. I am happy Friday. Do you know what? Today is Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th, my brother. What's up with that? The what? echo? It's those headphones over there. Oh, that's all right. We, we're fine. We're fine. Anyhow, uh, welcome aboard on the phones with us is Andrew Ferguson. Andrew, how you doing today, my brother? Great to see you here. Hi there, folks. Uh, I'm Andrew. You may know me from Thinkwing Radio on HD2. And tell us when it's Thinkwing, actually. Let's, let's go ahead and let, let folks know when Mike's on, you and Mike on. Well, Thinkwing is a uh, hopefully very interesting show where Mike Honig and I uh, discuss uh, big political stories of the day uh, uh, from uh, around Houston, uh, the state, the nation, and the world. Uh, Mike is about left of center, and I am a socialist. So we, you know, we kind of play off each other, rib each other a little bit, and uh, hopefully expand our listeners' minds. Well, you know what? Uh, I want to tell you that you made one. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. One slight mistake, brother. Oh, yeah? And you know what that mistake was? What was You said, it? I hope. There's no hope about Think Wing Radio. Uh-huh. Think Wing Radio is a top-notch talk show. Hell, I was engineer for Mike for quite a while as well. You know, and I, I, love, I love the show. I love Mike's perspective. And guess what? I love your perspective. My perspective is closer to yours than it is to Mike. But Mike and I got along very well. Anyhow, we have a great <laughs> show. So thank you for, for helping out with the phones, um, Andrew. I appreciate you very much. Absolutely. Um, anyhow, before I get started, I want to remind everybody in the house that this is, this is a is a community radio station that always needs your support to stay on air, to pay our light bills and all the... We're not in fun drive right now, but I still want all of you to go to kpft.org and hit that donate button. If you can give five bucks, give five bucks. If you can give a thousand bucks, give a thousand bucks. If you can give a hundred bucks, whatever it takes to keep us on air alive and giving you the type of programming that you're going to hear right now this minute. Anyhow, getting started, I want to say I just got a, a, a newsletter from Bernie Sanders. It's something that I saw yesterday, but I love the way he expressed it. And I want to, I want to write, I want to read a few snippets. It goes as follows. I am sure you're aware corporate greed is out of control. The oil companies have made huge profits by raising gas prices. The food industry has made billions by increasing the price of the groceries that we purchase. Wall Street and the big banks are making enormous profits on financial services. You hear Bernie say that all the time, but here's a kicker that got to me. It says, there is probably no better example of uncontrolled corporate welfare and corporate greed than Moderna, a company that is making billions from COVID-19 vaccine they bought to market, they brought to market with major taxpayer assistance. Remember, we, the American people, were, the most, were mostly responsible for the Moderna drug, for the COVID-19 drugs. Now, this week, 
The Wall Street Journal reported that Moderna is considering more than quadrupling more than quadrupling the price of COVID-19 vaccine after the supply that the U.S. government purchased and distributed to Americans at no cost is depleted. Here's what they're saying. The American government was buying this stuff for $26.36 per dosage from Moderna. Now Moderna wants to charge you $130 per dose. That is not a short, small inflation. That is huge inflation, people. That is more than 400% in inflation. Why are they doing that? Because they can. And you know who pays for it? People are going to say, well, the insurance companies are going to have to pay for COVID-19, right? Yes. But that's an extra $130 several times a year for every American citizen who decide that they're going to take the vaccine. The government was giving everybody vaccines at $26 a shot. That was too much. Already $26 was too much because we developed Moderna's COVID-19 vaccine. We were the precursors to the mRNA technology. Okay? Don't be fooled. It's important that you know that. Second story that I want to talk before I get into the story of the day that we're going to actually talk about today is Andrea Mitchell. She did something that, that shocked me over the last few days. Uh, we had Hake come on and they're talking about uh, Lace, who, uh, Mace, Mace, the congresswoman, I think is she's from Virginia or Tennessee. I don't remember what state she's from, but she's a re- Republican, tries to be moderate, and she likes to describe herself as pro-life. Folks, how did we ever allow those folks who don't want to have a woman choose to be at, to be called pro-life? Ashley, you are you did quite a bit at the hospital as a as a student. Who is more pro-life? Somebody that looks out for women, somebody that looks out for ensuring that people have the, their needs met with good social programs, or somebody who just says you can't have an abortion? My thing is, is more along the lines of them being uh, pro-fetus than mm-hmm. pro-life. Because to me, pro-life is for the life of all children. So that means the foster care system. That means... The SNAP program, that means lunches at school. That means for the life of children. So it's very odd. I find it very corny that they feel the need to harp on this one. one As pro-life. Aspect of being pro-life. And um, in the hospital, yes. The hospital is where you see it all come to a head, essentially. You see a a woman come in having a deadly uh, pregnancy, whether the pregnancy is in the wrong place or whether her physical body cannot take the pregnancy and she can't legally deal with it however it comes. And it's very, it's a very scary moment. Yeah, it, it is sad. But anyhow, so folks, don't uh, – what Andrea Mitchell did is she corrected uh, a hake in real time. And she said That's, that is not accurate. Calling what these people are doing, those people who are anti-abortion – Calling them pro-life is a misnomer. The truth of the matter is those of us who support good social security programs, good Medicare programs, good Medicaid programs, good uh, family leave programs, good family to take good programs to take care of children so that their parents can go work. Those are the things that enhances lives. Those are the things that are pro-life. Do not fall for the nomenclature that comes out of these people who call themselves pro-life. They are not pro-life, they're anti-choice, they're anti-abortion, they're anti-that which protects people, that which keeps lives. These same pro-life folks are the ones who want to go kill folks on uh, in the electric chair 
injections, all that good stuff. Let's not allow others to take the truthful narrative going forward. We must not allow that. Punto final. We shouldn't allow it. Anyhow, continuing with the program. Today's program, oh, beforehand, remember our, our telephone number is 713-526-5738. And I am taking calls and I'll take calls as soon as you give me a call. Because like I said, in as much as I prepare essays for this program, it is your show. You can change the direction of this show because, again, this is community radio. This is you. 713-526-5738. Yesterday, one of our callers said, Egberto, you sounded lonely, so I called. And I said, yes, sir. I was actually pretty lonely because enough of you didn't call me yesterday. I think I only got like five calls yesterday. So give us a call. 713-526-5738. Title of the show today is... The Deception of Oil Companies. Why did I do that? The Deception of Oil Companies and a media incapable of exposing them and highlighting renewables. It's, it's sort of a complex title, you know, even though Rourke was able to put it in six words. And the subtitle is, A Study Exposed Exxon for the Liars They Are. Why didn't the media stay with the truth, with this truth? Why didn't they more prominently highlight reports on the necessary transition uh, to renewable energy. It is important. Now, before I get into the, the guts of this program, I want to tell all my good brothers and sisters who work for the oil companies, who are the engineers, the scientists, the secretaries, everybody, everybody who's doing that work. This isn't about you. That I, When you hear me talk about the oil companies, I am talking about the executives and shareholders uh, that that have, I'm not talking about you. You guys make America. I'm talking about the executives who don't do the things as they should. Patrick, come on in on linea numero uno. Come on in, Patrick. How are you doing, Patrick Lovell? Talk to me. I am well, Alberto. It's so nice to talk to you, and uh, congratulations for being such a good dad to what sounds like a wonderful daughter. Oh yes, this is my, my this this is my life, man. Anyhow, <laughs> let me tell you something, Patrick. I, I I'm glad that you called in. Uh, because you and I are going to be doing some, you, you're a hell of a documentarian. And there's a lot America has to be exposed to. There's a lot America needs to see. And we need to open the values that you bring with your documentaries through all channels possible. So talk to me a little bit about yourself, what you do, and then we'll, uh, you know, we'll take it from there. Well, I mean, your subject matter deals a lot with questioning choices in the boardrooms. I am an expert in financial fraud. Mm -hmm. I've spent the past 13 years working with the top criminologist in the United States who actually used to teach at the University of Texas. He's a gentleman by the name of William K. Black. I'm sure many of your listeners remember that name from the SNL crisis era, which hit Houston and Texas quite hard, as it did California. And, uh, as a result of that time period, Bill Black and his cohorts through the Office of Thrift Supervision put together over 30,000 criminal referrals, and they dealt with what was known at the time as the Keating Five, mm -hmm. and they basically were able to smash through all of the obfuscation of corruption, which was back in the 80s and the early 90s. Now, that time period, to put into perspective, that time period elicited a crime and a, and a meltdown that was ultimately one 180th the size of what happened in 2008. Mm -hmm. As a result, at that time period, Bill and his cohorts put a 1,000 executives in prison for crimes. 
They're financial crimes. It could mm-hmm. be racketeering. It could be a whole variety of garden variety <clears throat> of fraud. But that was the first act in what has become our country. We have learned through our political process and dark shadow money and how it works primarily through the oil and gas industry <laughs> and a lot of the billionaire cohorts that are involved with that through, of course, the duopoly that has complete control of the government. And so when you start to talk about, you know, other things that could happen that are fair, that, you know, that, that enable people to, you know, have a sustainable life, quite frankly, um, you know, that's kind of the down side effect of corruption. Our country is run by corruption. Not many of us understand that. I am glad that you brought that up. But let me just tell you, Patrick, um, uh, tell folks where they can find the documentaries that you have already, the, the snippets and stuff that, that you've already had. I think it's on YouTube and other places. Well, it's on Apple TV and it's on um, uh, Amazon Prime and Microsoft, all the big networks. You can find it at www dot the con dot tv unfortunately it's not on hbo hbo or netflix because well those guys get funded by the people we reveal but there's a new uh docuseries on um netflix called madoff the monster of wall street and it's it's a fabulous documentary but i'll tell you it's as important and as really horrific as that story is it's a drop in the bucket to what we reveal and ultimately what what it comes down to my friend is what you and the likes of Bernie have been talking about for a long time. But, guys, as we all know, especially you, Egberto, because you're an engineer, do details matter? Yes, it does. Or yes, they do. <laughs> yeah. Now, <laughs> Patrick, let matter. me tell you, we are going to be doing a few series. Uh, I'm, 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 I want to pick your brain and, uh, and learn a lot of what you have discovered, the nitty-gritty of what's going on there. So it's going to be a pleasure going forward in, in, in this year to talk to you several times and get a, a pick your brain several times. So I really appreciate you calling into the program, and we are going to be definitely doing some stuff. All right? I appreciate it. If anybody wants to find me, I'm chiming in a lot on Twitter at Patrick Level One. And uh, thank you, Egberto. I look forward to uh, bringing this uh, incredible revelation. Yeah, before you go, Patrick, uh, because you gave people on Twitter uh, your your info, I think what you need to do is spell it out for them because uh, your level isn't easy to well. Yeah, go ahead and spell it out. Well, you know, a lot of folks in Houston actually remember the name Lovell, which is Jim Lovell, who was the, uh, you know, the uh, commander of the Apollo 13 right. mission. So the, the same, the, the, my name is spelled uh, the same way. My father's third cousins with Mr. Lovell. Excellent. Um, my, our, uh, my last name is, well, it's Patrick, P-A-T-R-I-C-K. Last name is Lovell, L-O-V-E-L-L, and then followed by the number one on Twitter. And interestingly enough, my first film was Ford 13, Waking Up the American Dream, which is yes. prologue. And mm-hmm. it's the 13th today, and Jim Lovell was Apollo 13. So how about that? Amazing. So, uh, you know, we, we connected on the right day, brother. Look, thank you so kindly for calling in, okay? Yes, be well. You have a great one. All right, folks, let's bring Ray into the mix. Ray, come on in. Moderna vaccine. Talk to me, Ray. Uh, happy Friday, Egberto. Happy Friday to you, my brother. Yeah, I just want to say, you know, that's that's despicable what I heard about Moderna doing that. And, yes. You know, as a as a you know person during the pandemic who was very pro vaccine, you know, I, I hear, you know, I want to kind of connect this to another debate that's being brought up in that, you know, if we had Medicare for all, mm-hmm. I don't even like calling it Medicare for all. Right. People always get hung up on the the title. 
just call it everybody can go to health. Well, everybody can get health care for free. Yeah, let me just know- let me just tell you what I've been doing it because I, I got from some of our, our, our listeners and they kind of told me to kind of con- go ahead and consider it health care for all is what they told me. So that's what yeah, I'm starting that, to call that, it. I think that's a better yeah. a better way to put it. But the thing about it is so many people were hesitant to get this vaccine mm-hmm. because it was free. And right. I'm like, hey, y'all, this is not free. This is w- you're paying for this out of your tax dollars exactly. as an American. So a lot of people got brought into the conspiracy theory that they're trying to push this on you. They're trying to use us as guinea pigs for some experiment. You know, and it's like, man, y'all really are tripping. And I'm like, and now they're saying they're going to charge for it. You know, that would be a barrier for somebody like me who wants to stay, you know, protected against said virus. You know, here's here's the kicker, Ray, because uh, Bernie said it right, right? Right now, the government is buying all the dosages from from Moderna. In other words, we are paying $26.30 for every dose. So every time you go to CVS or you go to any place that you get the vaccine and you don't pay for it, that is the your tax that is the cha-ching going from the from the the government to CV I mean from the government to Moderna, okay? But here's the other thing, sir. Um what they don't tell you is by raising the prices of the drugs, you will reduce demand. But you won't. The price has gone up by f- over four hundred percent, but demand won't drop by, let's say, a fourth. You're not going to see demand drop to say they're going to break even. What's going to happen is Moderna is going to get make a killing because as debt start to increase over the, this winter and other times, as the government runs out of these vaccines. People are going to pay 130 And for those who have good insurance policies, their insurance policies will pay for it. But it's not the insurance policies really paying for it. It's still the American people that are going to pay for it. Because the next year, your premiums are going to be going up. Because everybody costed that insurance company an extra $130 or $260 or however many vaccines you get. And a, a, a lot of this yeah, happens to the consumers. Yes, a lot of this happens behind the scenes, and the consumers don't quite realize why they should start raising hell about it now, Ray. And that's why we try to bring this into the ethos. You didn't see this. You heard, you heard this as actually one line. They only mentioned this in one line on the national news. This should be mentioned not only with one line on the national news. We we should also don't you think we should also be pointing out what's going on. I think that what's going on is that it's for vaccines. Like right. this feels, it, it reminds me of the insulin, right? Where that um, man child was raising the cost of mm-hmm. insulin at an exorbitant price, right? Right. That for some reason that was more visceral of a reaction than for a vaccine. I think it's because it's a vaccine, right? And, and but sadly, sadly, by not having the vaccine, Ray. A lot, of, a lot more people are going to get sick. And guess what, Ray? It's going to cost us a lot more money when they have to be on the ventilator, when they have to be on this. You see what we're talking about, Ray? You know what we're talking about. I, I already know. I'm, I'm right here. You're preaching to the choir. Yes, sir. So, and, and the thing I say about that is that, you know, the, the Republican uh, right-wing pundits like to say that socialized medicine is going to bankrupt the country. But my belief is that just like the Moderna vaccine was free to everybody. I feel like if we had a public option for health care for all, people would be scared to use it because the government provides it. And like you say, people don't connect the dots between 
the government and we the people. Amen. We are supposed to be we we supposed to be the ones who the government represents. We select those people through our votes. You're, but see, people don't see that. They don't see. They see the government as this big, scary entity that's going to come in and and take over their life. Look, the government is already a big, scary entity coming and taking over your life when they can tell you how to run your reproductive organs. So you could you could lose me with that noise. You know, but, one uh, other thing, Ray, and that is, that I think it's important for us to come to that the conclusion when you spoke about, you know, we the people, that uh, there was a concerted effort by the Powell memo, Lewis Powell, who became eventually the Supreme Court justice, that, that inculcated that into people's minds, that somehow government is somehow isolated from we the people. Nope. We are government. We are, and, and we, and that is one of the major things that I want to get out of our program here, uh, Politics Done Right. We are the government, and we decide how they are going to act ultimately. Ray, uh, any last words before I go to the subject of the day? Yeah, just remember what the Constitution, what, what uh, Abraham Lincoln said for the people and by the people. Thank you, my brother. You have a wonderful rest of your day, and you have a great weekend. Okay, Ray? You too. Enjoy this beautiful weather. Thank you, sir. All right, folks, the telephone number is 713-526-5738. All lines available, 713-526-5738. Hit extension numero dos. Hit the extension number two, and you'll get right into the control center, and we'll be able to speak on air. Don't wait till the end, and don't keep me lonely for too long. 713-526-5738. The deception of the oil companies and media incapable of exposing them and highlighting renewables. Subtitle A study. Expose Exxon as the liars they are. Why didn't the media stay with this truth? Why? Why didn't they more prominently uh, report the necessary transition to renewable energies? Okay. A recent peer-reviewed study is, in, is a final nail in the coffin for the belief that Exxon did not know definitively that its products damaged our climate. Common Dreams reported the following. And before I read what Common Dreams reported, I want to remind my brothers and sisters who work for the oil companies, whether it be Exxon, Mobil, whether it be Shell, whether it be whomever, whenever you hear me speak about the ills of the system, all right, it is not about you hard-working employees. It is not about the secretaries, the engineers, the doctors, all of you that work. It is about the corporatocracy the internal, the ones who also give you hell. So read in. This is a nail in the coffin of ExxonMobil, claims that it has, been fa- it has falsely accused of climate malfeasance. That's what University of Miami Associate Professor Jeff- Jeffrey Supran said about a peer-reviewed study on the fossil fuel giant's global warming projections published Thursday in the journal Science, which he began work on as Harvard University research as a Harvard University research fellow. Our analysis shows that ExxonMobil's own data contradicted its public statements, which included exaggerating uncertainties criticizing climate models, mythologizing global cooling, and feigning ignorance when or if human-caused global warming would be measurable, all while staying silent on the threat of stranded fossil fuel assets, said Supran, the study's lead author. Exxon and the fossil fuel industry overall 
has faced scrutiny from campaigners, journalists, lawmakers, and scientists for spending decades hugely profiting off of its planet-wrecking products while spreading climate misinformation. The new study from Suprend, Harvard professor Naomi uh, Oreskes and University of Potsdam professor Stefan Ramstorff, who is also a researcher at the Potsdam Institute of Climate Impact Research, comes as policy makers worldwide continue to allow major corporations to cash in on fossil fuels despite the increasingly devastating impacts of heating the planet. Supran and Oriskis have previously published peer-reviewed research on the discrepancy between what ExxonMobil's scientists and executives discussed about climate change privately and its academic circles and what it represents in the general public, confirming the findings from 2015 reports by Inside Climate News and the Los Angeles Times. The study used, that's the end of that snippet, the study used the data from Exxon scientists between 1977 and 2003. Check out, that's 26 years, 1977 and 2003, and found their accuracy spot on. I repeat, Exxon's scientists not only were right in the direction of what their products do to the climate, they were spot on within like 0.4% of what actually occurred. So it is imperative that you understand the fraud that has been executed on us all these years that we could have invested into renewables way yonder. So they lied to us about the uncertainty of the data their scientists knew better. The question is, for someone or for something as existential as our atmosphere and environment, why wasn't our fourth estate, the mainstream media, more inquisitive and more curious? Deep inside, we know the answer. Our mainstream media is just another business that exists by the prevalent business model. An unsustainable economic system that will take us all down unchecked. You know, as I wrote this, I came across Steve Schmidt, excellent Substack article title, The Collapse of the American Media, which was a propos. His first three paragraphs were on point, and this is what he said. Before I read what he said, I want to remind you that this is a call-in program, and I would love to hear from you. I would love to hear from you on this subject or on any other subject that you would like. 713-526-5738-713-526-5738. I know, you know, I can talk all day, but I much prefer engaging you all. 713-526-5738, hit extension 2, and we'll get you on air right away. So here is what Steve Schmidt said, and I love Steve Schmidt. You know, I mean, he's been frank in the way he's been handling today's politics. He said, the United States of America is the most complex society in world history. Among the most important foundational principles of American society is the First Amendment, which establishes the invalid American birthright of the freedoms of speech, the freedom of religion, the freedom to assembly, and the freedom of the press. 
The free press is fundamental toward the functioning of any democratic form of government, but like the powerful institutions it covers, the media is also prone to the vices that produce corruption. The American media is profoundly broken. The collapse of local newspapers and television coverage at local level has allowed for imposters like George Santos to con their way through an election without fear of investigation or scrutiny. At a national level, the overall majority of the political media has been economically dependent on their political partners. It is a symbiotic relationship that has spawned a vast access economy. In other words, folks, they're all patting each other's on their back. So you see Chuck Todd breaking bread with a whole lot of crooked Republicans at different uh, things. You see them at the major, air, major, major conferences breaking bread together. And I don't say you shouldn't break bread together. I want to break bread with everybody. I want everybody to be my friend. Don't I want everybody to be my friend, Ashley? Don't I want? Of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. I, 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 want, to, I want to ensure that people like, like you. You want to ensure people like you so that you can communicate, right? Right. <laughs> you. you just say, right, right. <laughs> All right. But anyhow, so that is, um, that, that, is, that is what we want. We want, but you have to be, if you are the watchdog of society, if you are the fourth estate, if you are the mainstream media, you have to be there to tell Americans, to tell the world the truth. And that is what's missing you can't look. I, I I I love everybody, but you know what? We're gonna keep people informed. We're gonna tell you that when things are bad, when things are good, what we need to get away from, and 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 have respect for you to make those decisions. So, while Steve mainly highlighted the media's failure in politics, the same applies to their failure in calling out our corporations who, over the decades, have used coercive techniques to keep a media more favorable to their flawed positions. Professors and other scientists consistently knock deserving major corporations for the ills they lay upon us. The oil industry, the healthcare industry, the defense industrial complex, and others. Yet, they are never... They are never highlighted in the appropriate depth to ensure they keep Americans sufficiently educated to make the right choices in the politicians they support and products and services they buy. So again, it is a job of the fourth estate to do the job, to do their job, to ensure Americans are educated. Your, your point. Oh, what's it for? Oh, the f- <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. okay. Like, what, is, what is the fourth estate? The fourth estate is actually the news media. They, <laughs> so yeah. Where are the other three? Like, uh, I think that you know, well, you you, <laughs> you would ask the difficult questions, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. I'm just I'm just confused. The fourth estate. I'm like, it sounds yeah. so official. I think they whenever and I don't know that someone would have to look it up now that you've asked. But you know, <laughs> we've always referred to the media as the fourth estate. But I think my gut feeling tells me. Like the first, second, and third estate would be the 
uh, the branches the of branch, government. I, I, that's my gut. My guts would be it would be the judiciary, the legislative, and the executive. executive. Yeah, uh-huh. you know. And some people like to think of it as four instead because they like to count the Senate and the Congress separately, but that's not the case. They're they're, they're, they're the both, legislative. They're branch. the legislative branch. Yeah, they are the legislative branch. All right. It seems like uh, well, I'll get to that in a minute. But anyhow, folks. So, uh, like I said, most agree that we must get the ne- the negative carbon to mitigate. Uh, the, we, we must we must go to negative. Oh, let's go ahead and get bring Dale into the act. Come on, Dale. Talk to me. Hi. This is Dale. my name is Dale. You got me. Yes, sir. All right. Great. You have a good show. A great show. I enjoy listening to it. Thank you, brother. As I. I'm probably inter- interrupting your topic with my topic. Well, uh, let me stop you right there because I want to remind you, first of all, that this is your show, okay? So if, if anything that you want to bring up, you can bring up. I can always continue. And, and I want to remind everybody that every essay that I do for this show, there's an essay that I make. My show's on Monday, Wednesday, Fridays on at noon, and every show has an essay that can be found at politicsdoneright.com slash newsletter politicsdoneright.com slash newsletter. So if, in case Dale calls and changes the subject, you can still read what the subject of the day was supposed to be by going to politicsdoneright.com slash newsletter. Come on in, Dale. And you hit on topics, and that's great, and we have to attack all these topics. One way, but we're, uh, we're kind of hitting at them and not uh, the way we do everything. I put a patch on it for a while or right. something like that. If we were to uh, grab a few lawyers somewhere, if there are any, Mm-hmm. And uh, work the RICO Act hard mm-hmm. and serious. Uh, we can clean all this up pretty quick, actually. I I, I agree with you, right? I mean, is, isn't that how they always get um, uh, get get all Drugs. those drug companies and all of that using the RICO Act? Explain, to folks, what right. the RICO Act is. That's the way I understand it, the way I've seen it attack people, mostly uh, people with um, um, the uh, controlled substances, right? Uh, marijuana and so on. Uh, they, um, they, we got phone taps on everything. Right. However, you can join someone together if there's two or more people conspiring against, an, against another, breaking the law, or uh, not following the fiduciary uh, obligations mm-hmm. of our country. Uh, that's the RICO Act. Yeah, they let me let me read it for them because conspiracy. Let me yeah, let me read go. it real quick because just so that our uh, folks know because you, right. by yeah. the way you are on you're on the right track it says the racketeering uh, influence and corrupt organization act is a United States federal law that provides for extended criminal penalties with a civil cause of action for acts performed as part of an ongoing criminal organization so it encompasses Absolutely everything. Go ahead. Hallelujah. Made me swallow my gum. (laughs) What we need to do is what we need to basically do is I know there's a lot of people that don't have their eyes open to what exactly is going on. Right. And I don't really want it applied to those people so much. What I really want it applied to is 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 uh, our justice department. Right. Crooks because we don't have anybody that's in the justice department. Right. Paid off or they're. Sucking lollipops or something. I'm not, you know. <laughs> um, so, um, I mean, I've got, I've got, I've uh, got friends that have been caught in that, and they had the um, what do they call it uh, when they take the property? The uh, oh yeah, they confiscated the property, or, or the, yeah. right because you use your money, right. drug money, or or whatever it was to. Uh, I mean, that um, I don't, I don't hear anybody talking about that. Why is it? Does it not 
apply to politicians no, or what? No, not at all. Uh, let me tell you something, Dale. Um, notice how I like to talk and do programs. And uh, not because the people we consider the powers that be don't mention it doesn't mean that it shouldn't be mentioned. In other words, you brought up and said, why don't they use the RICO Act? Well, you know why they don't use the RICO Act? Because folks not all thinking like you. But you can, you're, you just threw it into the ethos, uh, Dale. So, I mean, okay, maybe more people I've would I've been throwing start. it out there for a while. Right, exactly. And that's what I'm saying. That's what we have to do, right? <clears throat> I mean, the mere fact yeah. that we, right now, our mainstream media keeps us tunnel visioned. Today, the topic of the day are going to be these three items, and that's all you talk about. There's a lot of crap happening all over the country. A lot of people mm -hmm. are getting hurt. But what we're focused on is these three items, right, or these four items. And that's all we talk about all day, tunnel vision. But we have a program like Politics Done Right, and we have great listeners like Dale, and you come in and you open up the horizon so that we don't look at that selected picture the plutocracy wants us to see only, but we can see the entire picture. That's why we have this program, sir. You keep up the good work. All right, brother. I'll Thank you, Dale. You have a wonderful day. And let's go you ahead too. and bring in Brother Barry. Get ready for Barry, folks. Come on in, Barry. I don't know about I don't know about the brother part, okay? <laughs> I look, hold on, Barry, stop it. Let me let me, let me tell the entire audience a little something about brother, okay? Okay. All my listeners, all the folks I'm encountered with, are my brothers and my sisters, and let me tell you why. If you learn that everybody is your family, you're likely not to want to harm them. You're likely not to want to do bad things to them because you love your brother and your sister. All right. So what I'm telling you, Barry, is sometimes you say things that if I don't consider you my brother, my God, the feelings that I would have towards you. So you are my brother. Talk to me, Barry. Okay. Before I do that, I want to uh, a prayer for our fellow Americans out in Alabama. Thank you, sir. You're absolutely right. And tor tornadoes. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, now I'm talking about ex uh, briefly Exxon Mobil. You know, when, when Exxon Mobil makes a little forty billion dollar profit, which mm -hmm. was only nine percent return. Yeah. It was only nine percent return. Well, well let, let me finish, please. It was massacred in the press. Yeah. But when a Apple just closed with a hundred billion dollar profit, mm -hmm. we didn't hear a peep out of the press. You are right, Barry. Wait, again, wait, 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 I can't wait, wait, believe wait, you you're right again, Barry. We need to be consistent and thoughtful. Yes, you're we right. Problem with, 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 with corporate profit and corporate greed then it should be across the board then. Yes, Barry, Barry, um, we don't have an argument there. You're right. What else? Okay. Also, about the format of the show, uh, I was listening Wednesday. I can believe what I was hearing. People were calling in, I mean Monday, when I called in, mm -hmm. about how America's policies has caused military coups. And yeah. People functioning. But you didn't give me any pushback to say, sir, could you give us one example or one some evidence of which American policy caused the coup in Honduras? You know something, Barry? Africa? Actually, I think... I think that is a good criticism. And let me tell you why I think that's a good criticism. You see, I know that the land changes in, in, in Guatemala uh, instituted, uh, that the land changes in Guatemala scared Americans and they took the CIA in there that created the conflicts in Guatemala. I know that Chiquita Banana in, in different uh, Central American countries run by American corporations and, and sanctioned by the United States government created policies in all Central America that made, that made the problems and including the immigration that's going here. I also know that uh, P, uh, Augusto Pinochet was placed into power via uh, the, the capitalist structures given by um, Milton okay. Friedman. I know all of that. And, uh, wait, let me finish. And the, the, Because I know all of that stuff, I was derelict in my duty from asking those who call in and made those absolute statements 
to actually exactly. uh, bring it out. You're right there. But, but I, I, a lot of okay. that happens because I know the answer, and sometimes but let me put, I should let, put it let, let me put, Yes, go let ahead. Let me put it back then. First of all, the CIA is a secret organization. Yes, it is. The only person the only person knows by the CIA, only people the CIA is bound to yeah. is the chairman of the, of the Senate Intelligence Committee. Your point? So, uh, so how does Doug know what the CIA did? Oh, me. Well, let me let me tell you how. Let me tell you how. Okay, and I I can tell you that from the perspective. I know of, you were in you were in no, the headquarters meeting. No, right? no, sir. Let me explain. Let me explain. I can tell you that from the perspective of Panama. Okay, please. Okay, when when Omar Torrijos Herrera was the dictator of Panama, and by the way, a good dictator. And uh, he didn't want to abide by, you know, he got the Torrijos Carter treated done for the Panama Canal. And he didn't want to have bad things. Uh, rather, he didn't. We wanted to make sure that the interior of the country and everything was built up. The CIA was not happy with Torrijos for several reasons. Torrijos accidentally uh, died in a plane crash. And Manuel Antonio Noriega, who had some ties with Brother Bush Sr. and the drug trade and all that kind of stuff, came into power. And how did we find that out? Of course, Manuel Antonio Noriega stayed in power because he was able to tell a lot of Panamanian elites that he was working for the CIA with, and, and was able to well, show... He that could have been singing for his supper, too. That's to true. Get, yes, uh, he could be. You're okay, right about so, that. But, I mean, but, we, but, we don't know that. Okay, but the evidence, want, want, want the evidence that. was there. No, you, wait, Barry. Want, uh, Barry, Barry, hold that, on. Barry, no, hold on. Hold on, hold on, Barry. Come on, brother. I understand. I got it. All right, go. I got it. Okay. Uh, I, I don't mind being criticized myself. I don't mind uh, the Republican part of being criticized. But yes. I'm saying is that I would like to hear more evidence, more thought-out criticism. For example, I find myself reluctantly siding with the liberals on some programs. Mm -hmm. Wow. I'm not – for example, I, I, I believe that there should be a social safety net. Yes. But I, but I do believe that when this uh, 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 aid for family with dependent children – became a little more than a subsidy for teenage pregnancy. Uh -huh. The liberals should have had the courage to come forward and say, look, this is not our intent to create more out of wedlock like babies. So this, this you, program with the best, best of intention women, with the best of intention, had to be... you scaring me, Barry. Is this the same Barry that used to call into my show all of the times? I can't believe it, how much agreement we're having today, sir. No, that's just the sense there. You're wow. not using the subsidy for teenage pregnancy. Okay. But I would like for some of the the calls and, and, and believe me, I, I believe in free speech too. Right. To have more evidence or have more facts when I do call in about American policies causing this and that. Because some you could argue that American policies, for example, in, in the Philippines. Yes. When we had the uh, naval base there and the Air Force base. Yes. It, it, it helped stabilize the Philippines and it attracted investment. Uh, no, th that's partially said, right. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. The Philippines president had a problem with that. Mm -hmm. This is an affront to our sovereignty. Mm -hmm. All right. So America put pulled out. Guess what? A lot of the investors pull out, and there was a lot of capital flight. Yes. What is hurting a lot of these poor countries is capital flight. All right, but Barry. They're the cap because they're not going to sit there and let you take 90% of their money. Barry, that's not the issue, but I, I tell you what. You brought up a subject that we need to cover in another day because you're partially right but mostly wrong on the, 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 uh, on the Philippines stuff. But we'll talk about that another day, okay? Thank okay. you. Thank you for calling in, brother. All right, let's go to Andy. Come on in, Andy, uh, number one. Uh, time listener, first time caller. Thank you, sir. Uh, I was just going to comment on, uh, I enjoy your show, and I just wanted to point out that the first estate was considered to be the religion or clergy. They were the, oh. the foundation, you might say, of all social control prior to uh, the birth of maybe civilization, at which point you start to add the second estate, which that, that represents nobility right. and the government. Uh-huh. 
And, and it was during the French Revolution that these terms kind of came to be more popular and that for the first time we started to consider the third estate, which is the collective will of all the peasants. Wow. The peasants. Yeah. Not even the people, the That's peasants. The <laughs> you know something, Andy? Yeah. I, I tell, and you know, on my internet show, right, I get, you know, I t- we talk to a lot of people. And it's amazing the knowledge base that one gets when you're when you get to the to the columns to the commons to the collective to the to the multiple brains. I didn't know that. I just learned that. Thank you so kindly for highlighting that. When my daughter asked me about what's the fourth estate, and then of course with her small dialect self, she would say, "So what's the first, the second, and the third? I didn't know. <laughs> Thank you very much, Andy. It's interesting, and the other little layer that I wanted to toss out there to you to consider for your show is yes. that after the Black Death, uh-huh. um, and we had an event in history called the Peasants' Revolt, uh-huh. and we forever changed. We ended serfdom, and so it seems like maybe in the wake of the big pandemic, uh-huh. that's the time when the power of the Third Estate is the strongest, and we're able to implement some kind of meaningful change. And that's wow. my comment, and with that, I'll sign off. Thank you so kindly for that information. Like I said, we all learn together, brother. Thank you. All right, let's go ahead. And, and that was Andy, folks. And I learned, I learned where the fourth estate came from after my daughter <laughs> interrogated me. Let's go to, I don't know who's next. Guys, you just throw somebody on and tell me who that person is. All right, Mark, come on in. Hi. Um, yeah, this is for Barry. Um, the way the CIA operates, uh-huh. they have front, front organizations. There's a, uh, John Perkins wrote a book called the uh, Confessions of an Economic Hitman. Um, Mark, guess what? I, actually- Mark, I interviewed uh, John Perkins. He's a great guy, and I have that on the website. Thank, I just sorry for interrupting, but I wanted to say that. Go ahead. Yeah, and um, he well, he'll give the name of the the front organization, the the name of the company. It was out of Boston, Massachusetts. I can't. I, it's literally been twelve years. Mm-hmm since I read the book, but it uh, had a big impact on me. And, and actually, he, 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 uh, he loved one of your previous Panamanians, uh, Trujillo. Torrijos, um, yes, yes. Torrijos, yes, uh, he loved him. He spent a lot of time with him, and he was concerned because John Perkins was pressured by the CIA to turn him. And, uh, you know, he basically told John Perkins, says, I can't, you know, I got to, I got to, do things for my own people. Right. And he warned him. He goes, you know they're going to send in the jackals if if yes. I can't turn you. Yes, yes. And sure enough, they blew up his helicopter. Yes, they did. And so, that's when Manuel Antonio Noriega took over. Yeah. You know, so, no, the, yeah, you know Mark, let me tell you something, Mark. There, There is a, a – I, I interviewed him for a new book that he did. It's called um, – uh, I'm reading it right now. Touching the Jaguar. Check that book out. Touching the Jaguar. He he, he came okay. on on my program to talk about that particular uh, book. I'm sorry I missed that program. I wish I, I would have been glad to have heard that. Well, you know what? Uh, uh, you can go to politicsandright.com. Just type his name in there, and the the interview is right there. Thanks so much, and I love your show. Just keep going, man. Thank you, brother. You have a great rest of your day. It's 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 Friday the thirteenth, but we're going to make it a great day. All right, let's go to I guess Johnny, maybe or Tori. Which one? Push whichever one that that you think is the next person. There we go. Come on in, Johnny. How you doing, brother? I'm doing okay, and like you, I agree. Uh, I am also pleasantly surprised with our friend uh, 
Barry. Uh, Barry, yeah. Yeah, I love I Barry. A long time ago, he... I remember a long time ago he said something that caused me to have a similar sensation. So maybe there is hope. <laughs> and, and by the way, don't you or your daughter feel bad because for the longest time uh-huh. I used to think the, the press was the fifth estate. And now <laughs> I got an extra number out of it. <laughs> that is so funny, you know. But yeah, I. But what I tell people all the time, John, is why I like talking to people. Oh, I talk to people everywhere. People just, you know, my, my daughter laughs at me because I go into a store and everybody becomes my friend, right? We go everywhere. Everybody's my friend. And the reason why... I don't find any difficulty believing that. Yeah, I, but you know what? <laughs> the, the, the joke is, man, is the amount that you can learn from people, just every kind of person, right? You learn. I love that. But anyhow, what, what, what else do you want to add? Keep some bacon in your pocket because you never know. You might come up on a Republican or a dog. <laughs> You're a bad person, Johnny. Talk to me. <laughs> Okay, for our friend Barry, I have a 516-334-5800 phone number. This is in New York. Okay. It belongs to the Nassau County Committee, the GOP. You know those white mukes <laughs> who showed up on national TV the other day? Yes. And they were so appalled and shocked. By and Santos. The resignation of George Santos. Yes. So I left a little message, well, series of messages on their thing the other night, letting them know, too little, too late. And then I explained the whole history of their party, their skullduggery, going back decades, mm-hmm. generations, and how this little fiasco, this little, this little parade, this little show of theirs doesn't go anywhere. Right. I gave a whole list of things that they need to do if they want to make amends with this country. And I'll leave it like that. And I think, Barry, if you're listening, Barry, call 516 516- Three three four five eight zero zero. I'm sure they're listening live right now. They're you know daytime, which I call at night when hey. they can't uh, you know ignore me and talk. But Johnny, to me. also remember, Barry's a good guy. He's one of us now. So please give some love to yeah, my brother I'm Barry. Yeah, credit. That's why I'm encouraging him to call that five one six three three four five eight zero zero number <laughs> and give them a piece of his mind. He has more credibility than I do. Yeah, actually, they would listen to Barry. But anyway, thank you so kindly for calling, oh, wait, Johnny. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, yes. One, one, there was one other thing. Yes, sir. Uh, in regards to your conversation with Barry, I believe it was. Yes. Uh, the subject of corporate uh, greed come up. Uh-huh. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, corporate profits without proper payment of all your employees from bottom to top. It's theft. Proper pay and yes. benefits is the same thing as corporate greed. Yes, it's corporate greed. It is theft, and it's what I call making people antiseptic slaves. And it was funny today because, thank you, brother, because, uh, you know, Stuart came in here, and we were talking about all that good stuff, and we're talking about this antiseptic slavery kind of a thing. But anyway, brother Johnny, thank you so kindly for calling, and let's go to Tori. Tori, come on in. Oh, hello. Happy Friday the 13th. Oh, you know, I you know for some happy Friday the thirteenth, Tori. For some reason, when I saw the T O R I, I was expecting a female name, not realizing it is Tori, my brother. Talk to me, sir. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, and people in the environmentalist community have known that Exxon was lying about climate change, you know, since the early nineteen eighties. Yes. But just yesterday, in the Guardian. Yes. Uh, let me. I, let me read you this one sentence. Okay. A trove of internal documents and research papers has previously established that Exxon knew the dangers of global heating from at least the 1970s, mm-hmm. with other oil industry bodies knowing of the risk even earlier from around the 1950s. Now, I haven't taken a math class since about 1981, but last time I checked, two negatives equal a positive. Yes. The first negative, Citizens United. 
Yes. You know, corporations are people. Right. The second negative, the death penalty in Texas. Yes. If you add those two together, we could put Exxon on death row, you know? And uh, if this does not get Exxon scrapped and sold for parts, sold for parts I don't know what does. You know something? They can be a- out of existence. Their corporate charter can be revoked. The executives and board members can be jailed. I just want to know how to inflict the most pain possible on everyone at Exxon that knew about this and said nothing. Tori. That's what I want to know. Tori, uh, earlier on I told you about a documentary that I, uh, that I was an executive producer on with, uh, with uh, David Cobb and a few other uh, folks that moved to a men called Legalize Democracy. Again, the yeah. title, I don't know if you checked it out or not, but I ask you, go to my site, egbertowillies.com, and do a scan on legalized democracy, because that is going to lay the foundation for everything that's happening with corporate America right now, and how the judiciary in different times were used uh, to actually mitigate, or to mitigate at times for the people, but too often with Citizens United, McCutcheon, and some other legal, uh, legal, uh, legal arguments. Now for corporate America, uh, etc. So check it out. And for those of you that are listening, do a scan uh, with my name and uh, and legalize democracy. It's a 27 minute documentary. Check it out, and you'll oh, yeah. see what we're talking about. David Cobb is a real hero. I mean, he ran a whole presidential campaign. Yes, uh, about. Countering, countering Citizens United. Yes. So, yeah, he's a mensch. He used so, to live in Houston. Yeah, Great I know. Guy. You know, I know. I, I, uh, every, I, I was, would be locked up in a house with David Cobb and, and about 12 of us. We'd be locked up twice a year for four days coming out with policy uh, on this move on this 28th Amendment policy. So he's a great guy, great leader, all of that kind of stuff. But anyhow, anything else, Tori? Uh, no, that's it. Thanks. Have a good show. Thank you, brother. We are almost done here, so I'm going to finish the essay, or I may get to end the essay. While Steve, while Steve mainly, meaning Steve Schmidt, mainly highlighted the media's failure in politics, the name the same applies to their failure in calling our corporations, who over the decade have used coercive techniques in keep uh, media more favorable to their flawed positions. Professors and other scientists consistently knock deserving major corporations for the ills they lay upon us, the oil industry, the healthcare industry, the defense industrial complex, and or and others. Yet they are never highlighted in the appropriate depth to ensure they keep Americans sufficiently educated to make our to make right choices, the politicians they support and the products and services they buy. Most agree that we must go to negative carbon to mitigate dramatic climate change. The data is out there for most to see. I repeat, the data is out there for most to see. Um, The data, uh, the, the International Energy Agency, the IEA, released a comprehensive report titled Mineral Requirements for Clean Energy Transition, I, I key in the report because many in the fossil industry have convinced Americans that transition to zero carbon would have insurmountable headwinds. Specifically, they want you to believe that shortages of, American, of materials used in batteries, solar panels, transmissions, and others, transmissions and, uh, oh, there we go, and wind turbines are unavoidable. Even under a business model predicated on the greed of the few, the transition is possible. Imagine if worldwide we found a collective worldwide economic model for the renewable sector. 
the question would no longer be how can we profit from it, but how can we build it to ensure all countries can have the energy requirements to ensure their own. Notice what I'm saying. I'm not predicated on some particular model. Ensure their own economic models, whatever it may be, is not held hostage to the few. Where is the mainstream media that should be highlighting reports like this one from the IEA? It is not hard to understand why. It is time for a paradigm shift in how we get and consume news. Lying corporations and derelict media are ultimately fatal to our society. Imagine if we could feel assured that we had mainstream media that enlightened us in a manner that would allow reports like this, i.e. report, to take hold. Think about it, people. Think about it. Think about if we could really, you know, Ashley, you're younger. I'm quite a bit older than you being your dad, right? <laughs> Here's the funny thing, man. We leave in the earth to you, right? Mm -hmm. If we don't do the right thing now, I mean, if we don't do the right thing now, how the hell do we expect these folks to move forward. You know, we like to talk about pro-life, pro-this. We care about our kids. We care about all these things. How the hell can you care if you know you're leaving them in a state worse than you left? Remember that. Anytime you hear people talking about conservatism, every time you hear people talking about these issues that, you know, protect the elderly, protect all the, the all the us, right? And forget who we should be here working for, the next generation. Why do you think I love teachers? They move knowledge forward. Why do you think I live, love doctors? They do. They carry health forward. Folks, let me explain one last time. Folks, let's do it right. Educate ourselves. Let's make sure and become an educated people. My name is, you know what? Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right. I want to thank Stuart and Andrew for the great work inside of the studio. I want to thank my daughter for coming out with me. And I want to thank the great listeners that we had. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right. And you know how I end this, baby. I am what? Out! We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.